welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Hot dogs. Hamburgers. Oh, this went in a completely different direction than I thought it was going to Why? Because you, I thought we were just naming random foods. Oh, I was going to say, I got beef with hot dogs. Well, hamburgers made of beef, so it works out anyways. Okay, well, I guess it does, because I got beef with hot dogs. Why? What's wrong with hot dogs? Nothing inherently, but I'll have you know that... I got beef with hot dogs specifically for one reason that has been bothering me the last couple of times I've gotten hot dogs. Hmm. So there was one point, mm-hmm. and this is going to be down the rabbit hole. There was one point when I would get hot dogs, and like, if I have hot dogs for dinner, I might make like two hot dogs. Mm. Um, and they used to have a little little zippy pouch, little pouch you could zip up, keep them nice and fresh. Nowadays, they just have this peely thing. And the only way to, like, ensure that they're fresh is put them in another bag, and then it just gets all, like, watery in there. They came in a pack that had something you could seal the bag up with. Now they don't. Wait, wait, what do you mean reseal? Like a Ziploc bag? Or how do you mean reseal? Because there's always just been the ones where you could just rip them open and they don't, you can't seal them back up. Yeah, so the, the ones I got had a package that featured a zip seal to the package. Mm-hmm. What kind of hot dogs are you getting? It's one of the ones that they have at the store. See, and I was like, I've been, I've been like, I've been on this lately. I've been like, why don't they have that anymore on these? Well, the, the, those are for more fancy dogs now. Those are for the the fancier dogs. But oh, they used to be on everyone. No, <laughs> because the, from what I remember, from what I remember, only the fancy ones had the resealable ones. Every single one that I bought, you had to put them in a plastic sandwich bag. I think these might have been like a ballpark. I don't know if they were like Oscar Mayer or or Nathan's, but mm. I think they were ballpark. And they had the little zip to the package. Like the 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 sausages still have it, but the hot dogs don't. And it's been frustrating me because like. I don't have any, like, Ziploc bags that aren't the huge mm. ones. <laughs> so it's just, like, oh, this whole bag folded up. And I don't know why I'm on this, but I've been thinking about this for a week. And I'm like, you know what? It might be a good thing to bring up here on the podcast since we talk about food sometime. This <laughs> Sometimes. We talk about food all the time. That's true. <laughs> Once every two or three episodes. Is this a, a gaming podcast or a food podcast? Well, one might think based on some of our intros that it's food podcast, but it's definitely a gaming podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know why I've been thinking about it so much lately, but like, man, I miss my zipper bag. How about how about this? We got we got our markers on the map. Uh, dogs. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> we got our marker on the maps DLC dogs, right? 
idea. Oh, oh my or God. or they could be considered Mark of the Map spinoff dogs, where they they go on a handheld, but then they're re-released on home consoles later down. The I line. like DLC dogs specifically because of how good it rolls off the tongue. But what about uh, the fact that it's episode one forty two, and we did main mission with cheese on the third episode, and we never came up with DLC dogs. Well, you never just... really talked about hot dogs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It was it was right there in front of us. DLC dogs. I don't. Uh, here we go. Another. If anything, I'm glad that this conversation led to that. DLC dogs. <laughs> DLC dogs. See, you got DLC dogs could be its own restaurant. Though. Sleeping dogs. Not, not sleeping dogs. That's a game. I love sleeping dogs. We got um. Yeah, I was like, how are we gonna tie this back into games? There are hot dogs in um Sonic chili dogs. Chili dogs. Chili dogs, you got sleeping dogs. Is sleeping dogs a DLC dog? What would be on the sleeping dog? Sleeping dogs, we got, um... Well, I mean, sleeping dogs did have DLC. It had Year of the Snake, and, like... No, I mean, like, on, on the physical oh, on sleeping the physical... dog, hot dog, what what would the condiments be? I mean... We got, like, I don't know, like, diced onions or something. I mean, every time you play sleeping dogs, there's one guy that always says, you look like you could use a pork bun. So something related to that, maybe on that dog. I don't know how you could put that on a dog, but well, like a pork bun dog. Maybe right. Like there's little little mini pork buns. I don't know. It's game land. We can do anything. <laughs> Even have little mini. Pork there's no buns limit to on. game land. <laughs> no limits. <laughs> Man. Technically, we're in fiery lava lands because we've been locked out of game land in this particular arc. <laughs> It's too hot. Maybe that's why it's too hot. And I mean, I've said it worked out. I said this when we did the. So we got a skit coming up in, in, in 150 and 149 yeah. um, as we do for our milestone episodes. And we usually don't talk about like the making of those in the podcast, but I was laughing because I was like, how apropos is it that it is just this hot outside when we're doing It's this? so hot. I can't stand it. It's uh, ugh. I, Yeah, it is. Um, So I got another thing that I was going to tack on to the. I actually didn't anticipate this actually going to the, to mm. the, to the point it did. Um, but um, we'll do intros first, then do then this other thing i wanted to bring up because it's something we've kind of talked about on here before in, in regards to certain games and it's just it's another thing that's been rattling my head a little more serious and obviously a game related thing and not mm-hmm. a food related thing um welcome to a brand new episode of markers on the map it's a weekly podcast gaming adventure where we're gonna keep going with the list this week um as we head into preparing ourselves for a couple of special episodes we have for you guys including our uh, tales from the map halloween special um and so before we get started my name is daniel and i'm here as always with my good friend and co-host robert to whom the question remains how you doing oh i don't know how but i just feel like i don't i don't know how to explain it but it was just more or less i like how it was probably not as busy as it was last week, but for some reason, I was just so out of it. I don't. I today no, just the past week. Like well, yesterday, I, I'd say both of us had like a hard week, but yesterday we were like, no. Yesterday we, we hung out. Was, yesterday, was, yesterday yeah, was was fine. <laughs> it's crazy because like I like how that entire week I was so out of it, and then the yeah, ne- yesterday and yesterday was fine, and then today I'm like I'm I was so I'm just out of it too. It's just like. A part of me, like, it's that, 
weird period where like I don't want to do nothing, but then I want to do something, but I don't want to do anything. So I'm I'm slightly frazzled myself today because I did go to the store and like not only did the store not have anything I needed, but like it was exceptionally crowded. Um, this isn't our usual recording day either, mm-hmm. um, but it was super crowded. But yeah, yesterday me and Robert hung out, had a blast watching some stuff. Uh, going to the the Halloween store and all that stuff, looking at the Fall Guys costumes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm in regards to just being super busy this week. Um, yeah, I've ha- I've had a few newer experiences this week. Um, in regards to you know the daily grind, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I was I was pretty worn out on Friday night. I, I remember saying to Robert on Friday night, I was like, do you want to record early? Because we're going to hang out on Saturday. It's like, no, I can't. I'm just way too tired. Was I just, just want to play games yeah, on Friday night. It was like, and watch you one couldn't, piece. but, and then I was like, I was also doing something too, so it wasn't just, it just wasn't going to work out. So here we are on a Sunday. <laughs> anyway, um, like I said a couple minutes ago, I have a, a topic that I think is poignant and like topical, obviously. It's kind of like, on topic for the current news cycle in games um so i mentioned a while ago neither of us can play starfield we don't pc game and we don't play games on the xbox um but i think in regards to the news cycle and the review cycle of the game it's about where i think we both kind of guessed it would be in like the 80s range like the 8 out of 10 range but let's brush aside the scores for a second remember before cyberpunk came out we had quite a discussion on how cyberpunk presented itself in trailers um as kind of this very fast-paced like action shooter game and then Mm -hmm. people play cyberpunk and they realize wait a second this is an rpg that is played through a first-person shooter perspective or mechanically stuff like that i think looking at something like starfield it's easy enough to compare the game to no man's sky but no man's sky is what you go to for a space simulator where you're literally flying from planet to planet whereas starfield has this fast travel system and the way i see it is that starfield is at its core 100 percent and Bethesda RPG. Mm. And I think people might get the wrong impression because it's being presented to them as this spacefaring journey, which, you know, it is, but it's not the full-on simulator that that's, that No Man's Sky is. It's literally on the box. It's a Bethesda Game Studios RPG. It kind of reminds me how No Man's Sky, the main point with that game was you're able to fly to planet to planet it's, yes, it is an explorer games, and it showed sense. it in the trailer. It was very seamless it in the trailer. Seemed like in this game, it was marketing towards that. I don't think it was necessarily marketed that way. I think people fill in the blanks and they yes. filled it with unex- unrealistic expectations and not looking at it as who's developing it and and what their kind of mo is. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, looking at it's like looking at. Um, an example. Uh, let's just say it's like looking at Rockstar, and then you see a game, and you're like, "Oh, I wonder what type of game it's going to be." It's probably going to be the same thing they've been doing for the past couple of years. It's a sandbox game. Rockstar is not going to do necessarily anything. Like every company has their sort of like go-to type of game. Sure. Um, 
there's a handful who don't like Nintendo. It's random, whatever type of game they're gonna put in for a franchise. But for but a, they'll take established teams to do something like Super Mario yeah. Bros. One. So like you can expect a good two D platformer from Nintendo, if yeah. anything. So my point is, if you look at Bethesda, look at their track record of what they've made in the past couple of years. Yes, maybe in the past they were multi type of different type of game you know they have multiple talented teams working on maybe an open world rpg or a semi-world rpg or you know a stealth game like like Deathloop and and dishonored but more or less it was marketed like any other fallout game it is not to obviously say it's the same type of gameplay or franchise but it's a, it is the same type of game yeah, it absolutely is shares more similarities with Fallout or Skyrim than anything. Yeah. Um it, as well as No Man's Sky's, you know, mind for this material, but we'll get to where that becomes an so, issue in a moment. Yeah, I, I I do I guess I do see your your point of view where it's like everyone did the whole Cyberpunk scenario again where they thought it was going to be this way, but I think Cyberpunk didn't clarify what type of game it was. It was one of those things where the trailers really did like make it seem like it was a different type of game and when people played it they were you know realized like oh this is not what i expected it to be compared to where i don't think bethesda purposely missed you know put the trailer out there and make it seem like it was i think from the get-go like they assume that people acknowledge that this is going to be just like skyrim and just like fallout and people are not and i feel like people just didn't want to think that and they put so much hype and so much ideas in this game that they pictured an entirely different game than what it really was going to be. But I, mm-hmm. I don't think Bethesda purposely at all. No, no, The way no. they marketed it, I knew I it was going to be just like... I actually don't think CD Projekt Red purposely marketed their game as like this sci-fi well, action thing either. Yeah, it's, it's not... But it, like, it's it, never... it, it, it felt like a third or like a first person version of a witch of like a Witcher game in a different setting. But again, it's like the perception that people have when they watch these trailers. It's like, what did we notice from Cyberpunk trailers? Really fast combat gameplay, car chase things, Keanu Reeves. We didn't get to see any of that like dialogue choices i just think people saw starfield i don't want to say people but just like everyone had that expectation to, to be different but i don't think bethesda ever really marketed it they never really showed in the trailers it was going to be different i think what helped them was that um starfield direct that was after the xbox conference yeah because I think that really illustrated, you know, what was going to be going on in that game. Because that wasn't an action-heavy presentation. That was actually very much a, like, let's explain the systems mm-hmm. thing with this. Um, whereas, you know, just remembering trailers from Cyberpunk and the lead-up to that, it's, you know, even I was surprised at the amount of, like, role-playing, like, skill or, um, uh, mm. uh, like, attribute checks there are in that. Or, like, hacking and all that stuff. Like... Not saying I was super involved in, like, watching pre-release footage for Cyberpunk, but I was pretty shocked that it felt more Fallout, you know, than Witcher did. But Witcher feels more like a like a, like a a visual novel presented as, a, you know, a 3D action game with, you know, fine gameplay. Um, but it's just weird to have these kind of, like, games that, like, people associate with others, people might... Yeah, you know, think are a lot like others. I I think people's biggest issue that I'm seeing there's two things with Starfield that I'm seeing um, mentioned everywhere. 
one fast travel instead of actually going to the planets which i can understand why people are disappointed in that but at the same time it's literally not the type of game it is it's not a simulation game it's a bethesda rpg which is a primarily story driven thing i think it's just how do i put this i believe i want to say believe believe is a, is a heavy is a heavy thing to say i i just theorize that it's just human nature to have this big ambitions about things to like oversell something and to think that it's going to be this certain thing and then when you meet it and it's not what you expected it to be we just are so crushed about it and we are so disappointed that we didn't expect it to be but i think that's a mentality that a lot of just like sure newer people really experience with gaming because like you always hear these like i remember when i was a kid all just the crazy rumor stuff came out for like Dead Rising 3 and GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2 and like all these crazy theories that at some point I believed I just said I never believe any rumor until it comes direct from the studio's own word of mouth where it's the studio looking directly at the gamer and telling them no we're gonna do this 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 type of game don't expect it to be so it's like I don't really have high expectations and not to say that you know i'm not expecting high expectations but just more or less like i kind of just look at it and then i want to see what the company itself says about it because people can just say whatever sorts of things i just because i think people just get very excited for it and it's just i think it's just a human thing to do to like very to blow up something to really be more than what it is needs to be or what it is it really is that's, yeah, that's the way so I see it. Th- this is one of the more controversial, you know, things we've discussed on this show. Because we usually don't go into the news cycle in, in this way, talking about review scores and, like, reactions. Yeah. But then, so in your opinion, did Bethesda oversell Starfield? Or did the, the game-playing public oversell the idea of Starfield? Because, to me, it just seems like an perfectly fine 8 out of 10 game. I think I think it's the weird answer to that. It's both. If you really look at playing video games, we don't remember half of the like annoying parts, half of this the trailing missions and the unskippable dialogue. It's it's very much we retain the very good moments. And maybe if a game has enough good moments, we just remember it being a much better game. That's when you hear people go back and play their games. Like, wow, I remember this being much better when I was growing up. Or, ah, this is not like I remember it to be. I get that with some games. So we also remember the times when they could have had a trailing mission and the game chose not to, which I think is even more novel. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I believe it's, it's just people having a lot of ultimate memories with, you know, the Fallout series, Skyrim. It, it, like people to this day will tell you that Fallout New Vegas is their favorite game of all time. That nothing will ever be three in New Vegas. It's like that's the best thing. So like I guess I think it's it's both. Where it's the company just having such a big name that people create this sort of ultimate scenario where this game is going to be the ultimate thing. Where you know maybe the company necessarily didn't you know purposely market it that way, but because of their sort of name and recognition it just kind of went with it it's a it, it's just like i i don't know it's like I said, it's a weird answer but i i just think that's how I see it. it's like it's kind of both ends where 
it's such a big Bethesda title name. Like I said, it's Bethesda. Like Todd Howard will come out and like and explain, like show you, like this is the next big, you know, Bethesda game. Yeah, the next Bethesda yeah. game studios are exactly. Those words were the, those are always the words he uses specifically. Exactly. Like RPG is is a role playing game. It can be a first person shooter as we have seen countless times before, but at its core, it is still dialogue but, checks, skill checks. Yeah. But, and you know branching choices. Yeah, but but like I said, I think people just saw saw him and it just said, "Oh, it's him." He must. It's like seeing Shigeru Miyamoto. You're like, if you see them, something big is going to be announced. They don't show up just for nothing. They're going to announce something pretty major. Like I said, it was like just Herman Holst at PlayStation events. Yeah, like I said, it's just ha- seeing such a just a major face of that company and just remembering all the good things that you build this unrealistic thing in your mind. And I think. Everyone just kind of does that. I do that all the time, yeah. where it's like you kind of just dream of this unnecessarily, like real thing. Like I know in my head, when they they announced the America Solid Three remake, I know in my head I'm thinking this is going to be the greatest thing ever. They're going to add so much, but I know deep down it's just going to be a very high HD version. It may have little gameplay difference, but I'm like, let me set my standards. Not necessarily low, sure. but very short to where if it goes beyond that then i'm satisfied to it being you know going beyond what i expected it to be like i think in regards to that sentiment um resident evil 4 remake very good game but did it live up to my expectations after two and three no Mm -hmm. and i i don't necessarily think that's because it's a different genre but it might be because i've never liked re4 as much like the original re4 i've never liked it as much as like other third person shooters but you know after two and three doing remakes of survival horror like four remake is yes a great game but at the same time it's just a third person shooter action shooter with some puzzle elements and some you know it's fine but it wasn't what what i had built up in my head for a re4 remake to be after the revolutionary two and three remakes and i put three up there too because i played that game like six times on the first weekend to get the platinum and i really liked it Mm -hmm. um but like i really think Two in the grand scheme of things, like go, just going off remakes and expectations here, I, I really think two set some pretty serious expectations for Capcom, and Capcom hasn't faltered that much since then. Like they've been on a on a consistent roll. But there is one other thing about Starfield that I've seen um, a lot of discussion about, mm-hmm. and that is the the idea of a, a really strict weight limit in a game where you cannot carry stuff, especially in a game like a fallout a skyrim a starfield where you are constantly picking things up so this has been a widely debated and discussed topic too um this idea that there are just a million things starfield wants you to pick up but you can't hold it because your character will you know go to a crawl which brings me to me booting up fallout 4 for the first time in eight years the other day and looking at the mods because there's console mods for the you know fallout 4 and there's All kinds of mods for these Bethesda games. There's mods that will give you infinite, you know, an infinite weight limit so you can carry whatever you want. I almost feel like at the end of the day, years down the line, a Bethesda RPG may live or die by its mod scene. I don't, I, I, I don't really got much on that input because I really, the only probably Bethesda game I really played was Dishonored. Yeah, well, just look at it from a from a broader perspective. If you had a weight limit that was like you could hold maybe 20 things, you'd want to get rid of that as soon as possible. Imagine if you played Minecraft and depending on what you... Ha- so, 
Minecraft is weird to bring it up, but the idea is no. You're talking imagine, about No Man's yeah. Sky, Space Minecraft. Yeah, but the whole point is like imagine you're playing Minecraft, and just because Steve starts to carry two obsidian, he's at max weight and he can't carry any more things. That would be very annoying. Like I said, I think more or less at the end of the day, we play games to leave all the unnecessary, just boring stuff from reality wherever it may be it's just why restrict the player from doing things like that because you want it to be very realistic but it's just like why why imagine if mario kart you couldn't play mario kart if you just had if you had a passive driver's license tense uh, test in the game <laughs> because you need a license to drive a cart and then i mean isn't that like the driver tutorial that nobody could beat you couldn't play the game until you yeah, beat the tutorial that's what the I mean, tutorial like, was impossible yeah it's like wh- why do all that just let the player have fun it's just it's just like how you know. I'll do Reggie one better. Said, if it I ain't toggle. <laughs> if it ain't fun, why, why bother? bother? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, a game's meant to be fun. I think it's just, and they're obviously everyone's gonna have a different opinion of what they enjoy and you know fun. People may like the whole like simulator thing, like you know trucker plane, you know stuff like that. They might, you know, that's very fun for them. But I think for something very annoying like being such a open world game. In that sense, RPG where you're it's collecting things. It's something that's things. trying to get you to yeah. pick up everything yeah, because like you everything collect has things. a use. Why have a weight limit? If it if it's here's the thing, why have a weight limit if it's not part of the story? Because like at Death Stranding, I think the whole weight limit is the whole purpose of the game. Because then yeah, yeah. you can buy upgrades to make Sam carry heavier things and more things, or even get a, a bike and a car and a truck and you like, can in starfield as well but in death stranding it just makes sense because it is an inherent part of the game yeah that, that is part oh, of the game i'm going to trip if i hold too many things on my back yeah and it's just this is meant to be like an open rpg semi-open rpg game where you got to collect things to build things and do things and like imagine if you're playing like, like I said, it's like any other kind of RPG-esque game. Imagine playing God of War, Ragnarok, and Kratos can't pick this up. He has too many gold coins on him, and he he doesn't have any more. But it's, it, and it's like I said, it's, it's the, it'd be kind of dumb like One that. too many upgrade materials yeah. in Kratos' inventory. <laughs> yeah, like that, it's like, why can't I just pick it up? Or why can't it just go to my cloud storage in the game where it's a fake storage and I go straight to that? Because yeah. it, I don't know, it, it's one of those things where it, it could, you know, be part of the, uh, you know, it could be part of the actual gameplay was meant to be very like real in that sense you may not be like you know be careful what you carry like it's kind of like choose what you carry carefully because you can't have everything like how america yeah. solid it's just kind of like don't always go for every little collectible because it could cost you a checkpoint or a life or you have to restart from a very far point of the game and stuff like that it could, you know, it could be part of the gameplay i see two kind of like solutions that are possible like not counting like oh this fallout mod that lets you get rid of the weight limits or stuff like that um one and i know from in a, you know other articles and, and and podcasts like podquisition and everything that that starfield's accessibility options are lacking but something like a toggle like you know turn off weight limit or something like that could be added into games for people who don't want to immerse themselves in the more cumbersome aspects I, I will I will say this. I, I guess the best way to fix this, if they want to keep it in the system, is just like how it's weird to say it, but again, Minecraft, 
There is a set limit amount of stuff you can carry, but you mm-hmm. can put it in a chest. And later in the game, you can find portable chests where if you have in your inventory, have a portable chest, put that portable uh, portable chest down, and you open that chest, it has another like 20 rows of storages you can put stuff in. So like have yeah. at least an upgrade system for I weight and storage. I think there is a chest and there's, a, there's an upgrade to how much you can carry, but you have to spend points on it. But there is a chest... Don't make it, like, so far deep into the game where it's just, like... Sure. It feels like, oh, man, I'm almost done with this game and I'm barely upgrading my weight, you know, or I can carry more weight or more, you know, uh, inventory system. Yeah. And, or, the other thing, and this is the last thing I'll, 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 I think I have to say on this, because um, it just came up when I was, you know, as we were talking. Um, in Pokemon games, you used to have, you know, in all Pokemon games, you can have six Pokemon with you at once. And your Pokemon, if you caught another, if you caught a seventh, an eighth, a ninth, mm-hmm. they would get sent to the Pokemon storage PC that you could access at a Pokemon Center. Mm-hmm. So the only way for you to go change your team was to run to the nearest town or city, go to the PC, and switch your team out. In the modern Pokemon games, from Sword and Shield uh, onto like Scarlet and Violet, you can access that PC anywhere in the world and switch your Pokemon out. That is another option for, you know, a storage problem. Except in this case, it's your Pokemon storage. Um, mm-hmm. It really could work the same way with any kind of item. And again, it could just be a toggle. It's like, I wish the weapon durability in Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild would be a toggle. Because I really think my opinion on those games would be so much different mm-hmm. if they had a toggle. Or if they, I could just somehow get rid of the weapon durability. You know, the old Fallout games used to have weapon durability as well. Like yeah, in Fallout I, 3, I, I know your weapons would, like, break. And that is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to engage with that. Like, sometimes you just want to turn your brain off and go destroy some mutants in Fallout or something. But, like, the mods help, I guess. You know? health regeneration so i'm not having to worry about the water and fallout 4 poisoning my character every mm. time i need to refill my health so yeah bethesda games it, it it often seems that by the end of the life cycle it's the mods that are really doing it for people but that was <laughs> that was quite the the rabbit hole we went down uh so well <laughs> I had a few questions for you that I was actually going to ask before we did this one. Mm -hmm. Um, You told me you had been playing um, some racing games lately. Yeah. Um, Need for Speed Carbon and MX versus ATV4? No, it's just ATV Off-Road Fury uh, 4. It's just the regular. ATV Off-Road Fury 4. Um, I was going to ask you to tell me about Carbon because I'd never heard about it, but I have two questions about it beforehand. Because I've got Unbound. Um, I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to play it after we record. The um, mm-hmm. It's a Need for Speed game that came out last year, I believe, mm-hmm. like the end of last year. Yeah. Um, so I know very little about Carbon. My extent of discussing the game was like when we did PS3 launch lineup. Um, uh-huh. Is it an open world like most of the more recent ones, or is yeah. it more level-based so, like most wanted? So the Need for Speed franchise is a very weird franchise. If I give a very like just quick history behind it uh from the original up to underground two so between then like underground one and like hot pursuit um stuff like that need for speed was sort of like how should i say it was like um 
any other type of like Gran Turismo like racing game where you you were having a main, like any type of race uh, ridge racer where you pick a track and then you do the track and you go back to the main menu and you pick the next yeah. track and you do next level this and that so that was you know most racing games. Uh, I believe Black Box the studio I think took over during Underground and Underground was a yeah because I remember big... Underground two was this car PG thing yeah it was a it was a very big hit because at that time. A very little movie came out in the 2000s. Uh, probably, probably most people have heard of it. It has to do with very fast cars and very furious people oh, in it. And, and very much has to do with family. Yeah, it's something with family and like a guy having to choose between his career family and the people he's learned to love. You know, very and small. And it has a very spinoff called Hobbs and Shaw. You yeah, remember it, the spinoff Hobbs and Shaw? Very, very small, fr- very small franchise. You know, they're probably like maybe like three movies out there now. But it, my whole point is that a very take. popular movie came out where. Everyone was into the tuner scene. Everyone wanted to get, you know, their Honda Civics, their their Japanese cars to bring them over into, you know, you know all that. So Underground did very well. They, I believe, did Underground 2. And Underground 2 was the first one to do the open world stuff. And that's when, like, the player can go in the open world. Instead of going to the main menu and then picking the next course, you can go from finishing your last course and then driving all the way back to your new, like, you can go to your next race. And it's a whole open yeah. world. You can just drive your car around. And I think that's just a common thing most people have where they just want to get in some type of way, either in real life or in a game, get in a car and just drive around for a while and just like just do that because it was like the driving aspect of an open world game like GTA, except you didn't actually get out of the car. Yeah, pretty much. It it was it was just like that. And it it was it was arcadey type of driving simulation. So it's just like very fast stuff like that. So. That was Underground 2, and it obviously did super well as well, but not as much as the next one, which was Most Wanted, which I think yeah. is the best Need for Speed ever. The It was actually the Most first Wanted. one I played um, on the GameCube version on my Wii. So I, the first three I played, so I played Most Wanted, and then I tried out Underground 2, but it felt a little, you know, more archaic after playing Most Wanted. And then the reason I know that there's somewhere you like select tracks and everything mm. is that there was a there was one on the Wii called Need for Speed Pro Street, which was like mm. um, not one where you would do like it's one where you do races where like there'd be it was an like audience Gran watching. It was yeah, it was just like Gran essentially Turismo. it was like going it was going kind of back to its original format, but the yeah. open world Need for Speed games were starting to show up. So then you had like you know like I said Underground Two, Most Wanted, Carbon is actually a sequel to Most Wanted. If you didn't know that, okay, so uh, like. The only not open world one that I can think of in the modern day is Hot Pursuit. Mm-mm. Runs was not an, was not an open world game. That was a oh, the, story. The Need based for Speed game. the Run. Yeah, Need for Speed the Run was a story was a story narrative game. Okay, so it, yeah, it's back and forth. That, that one I had never gotten. To I mean, play. Payback was a card system game, and you know. Yeah, well, pay, like I was thinking about Payback today after I got Unbound. I was like, man, the card based or <laughs> not card? Like I say, card based mechanic. It's really more slot machine, but like it's oh, still yeah, random machine. elements. Yeah. Like, um, like any card game, it's like, I get how it fits in the story. It's like supposed to be Las Vegas thematically, but at the same time, that's such a, <laughs> don't, that certainly is a way of putting things in your game because the theme is Las Vegas or whatever. Do, do you ever think half the time where you see people put games like the new Saints Row, it took place in the West Coast, oh, like in the my Southern God. West Coast. I played that and I got some <laughs> 
Do do you understand that people just have this weird thing where if it takes place in like Arizona or Nevada, they think like desert. It's like middle of nowhere right. desert and there's sand everywhere. Whereas it's like, no, not really. If you really go to a lot of those places, there's still a lot of big yes. vegetation all around. Like, yes, it's in a desert, but the actual city parts of those places look like any other city in like, like I honestly say to this day that Los Santos GTA five is pretty close to how it really is. You get, yes, there are desert parts, but then you get mountainy parts and like foresty yeah. parts and then the sand and the beach and stuff like that, where there's yeah. so many just terrains in these places that it's not just this weird, like sand place. This looks, it, it looks like, do you remember the Resident Evil Three movie where like it was all sand? I don't know if you ever saw no. that. that was oh all yes, sand. yes, yes. Yeah, was That's it three every, or was it Apocalypse it was or like, whatever? It was, it was like after after something. It was three or Apocalypse. It was called three was Apocalypse or Afterlife. Yeah. One of those no, no, no. Resident Evil. I've only seen the first yeah. one. <laughs> Two is I think it's called Afterlife, and three is Apocalypse. Either one. I think the third one where it's like all desert, like the waters dried up, so it's nothing but desert. But that's what I'm saying. Like people just have this weird thing about like payback and just like Saints Row, where they think if it takes place in like Arizona or, or, or L.A., it's like there's desert, and then there's a major city in the middle. It's like it's like those cartoony just like desert, and then there's a utopia city in the middle of this desert. Where it's just like no, there's a lot of other big vegetation. That's going off the rails with Need for Speed. Yeah, just uh, just just real quick, I, I did play Saints Row. It's on our topic list. Okay, um, we're not we're not going to get to it today. Mostly because I don't want to, but I mm. played it for about an hour, and man, oh man, that's all I got to <laughs> say about that. I, I had one other question about Carbon, though. Yeah. Um, is it more focused on you, you know, improving? Because I feel like this is a thing with Need for Speed games. Mm-hmm. Some of them, to me, feel like you are working on a single car, or maybe one or two or three, yeah. and you're improving them to the end. But some are more focused on the collection aspect. A collection aspect of what? Of cars? Like, or... you need to have all the cars. No. Some so... that feels like it's the goal of them. Like, that felt like the goal to me in, um, what was the... It, it felt like the goal to me in the um, Hot Pursuit, which was so, the level-based one. So, in these open-world Need for Speed games, the goal is not to... Def- is not to get every single car. It's not a Pokemon. I got to catch them all because there's a limit to how many cars you're actually able to have in your garage because the game has a system where if your car gets impounded three times, you lose it forever. Um, I believe the way I, I kind of explain it was this is, only in carbon or no, like this is most wanted ones? as well. Most wanted okay. had a, a had three uh, strike system as well. I when believe did carbon that stop? Had, I don't know. Because I believe the last black box game was Undercover. I never played uh-huh. that one. I, I never got. Either. I never played. That was like a, a between. It was like one of the last few like PS2 games. Yeah. But um, it was after Carbon. But um, basically the goal of those games is to 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 beat the story and to more or less get the few cars that you actually like in real life or you know just like in the game. And just customize those to be the ultimate, you know, driving machines. Back in the day, in the older Need for Speed games, there wasn't there wasn't really any like your your drift car, your off roading car, you know, yeah. your drag. That's what car. I don't like about some of the modern ones is that like I really don't care about the drift events, but the game makes you do them, yes, and makes you have a special car, so you have to go start tinkering around with this one. Um, 
Lead for Speed isn't as bad in this aspect as something like The Crew, though. Like, The Crew just drives this up to a billion. Yeah, so with these, with these like, Need for Speed, especially Carbon, because Carb... So this is what happened. Most Wanted had drag racing. It had just simple, straight-down yeah, road, you know, just... Frustrating as a kid. Yeah, like <laughs> horsepower, torque power, just going at it. You know, whoever can get to the to the end of the line first, you know, wins the race. And they removed that and added and added drifting to carbon. They had a whole because the game is very weird. The storyline is you, there's like turf wars with like actual car. I guess like 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 warriors. You know, like the warrior movie. How we talked about yeah. that, where it's like turf wars with rival gangs and like. They gotta fight each other to to own the city and stuff like that. Like we're gonna we're gonna, you know, we got the the high hats and the baseball furies and stuff like that. But um, that's ah, basic, like any classic yeah. open world game. <laughs> yeah, like you, you just kind of have a a a, 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 a it's, I don't want to say gang. They're a crew. They're they're a driving crew. I would say that. I'm surprised there's I'll never been traffic. towers. Actually, I don't know for like you've played Heat. I've played Heat for like five minutes. Is there tower based things in Heat where you have to like unlock parts of the map? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember that. If it okay. was in so there, I must they've have never gone that down that far in yeah. the open world pantheon. But um, basically, uh, yeah, there's crews that you gotta fight against rival crews, stuff like that storyline. But yeah, in this one, there is drifting, but you don't have to have a special car. You just it'll take okay. any car you have and make it into a drifter sliding car, and then you can use that. Like it's not like the old, the newer ones where you have like a specific drifting car, and you want this car to yeah. drift more. You want this car to be I like that all around. I don't. Like, when I'm driving a car and I like that car, I don't want to have to switch to a car that I don't care for just to do, you know. I, I know in Need for Speed 2015, there was, like, five different event types, and not every car would work in all of them. And I just remember being so frustrated having to, like, consistently switch out different cars. Yeah, but, yeah. Going back, because the whole point of we're talking about Carbon, I've been on a racing fatigue. For some reason, I feel like I have this thing where... If I beat one genre of game, I want to try a different thing from it. So I went from a story-based RPG narrative open world game like God of War Ragnarok. I finished that. Now I'm like, what do I want to play? I'm thinking, like, I don't want to play a, like a first-person multiplayer shooter. I don't want to play nothing like that. And I said, what's a genre I haven't played in a while? And I looked at my shelf and I said, you know what? I have not played Carbon, and I own Carbon now for the 360. Let me play that. And I played Carbon. I was like, okay, I'm enjoying the racing. You know, I'm getting. So I was like, okay, I'm in a racing mood. And then I looked at my shelf again and said, you know what? I never did try to, even to this day, I've never actually finished Need for, uh, not Need for Speed, ATV Off World Fury 4, and I really like that game, I actually do really think it's a pretty, uh, great, like, PS2 game, one of the, like, last few ones they made, so I said, let me do, like, just play any racing game, so I want a racing game fatigue, I just want to play a racing game, uh, and that's pretty much it, where, I don't know, sometimes you finish playing a ranked match in Call of Duty, and then you're just like, you know what? I don't want to play against real people. Let me play a, a, a fun open world creator game like Minecraft. And so I just have that. There's this thing with me where like once I finish one genre game, I want to try just switching to something else. So I, I'm not just sticking to that one type of game. For me, it's it's like I feel like like so Armored Core 6, I, I really rushed through mm-hmm. that 
I, I wouldn't say like I wasn't enjoying it because I enjoyed every last minute of it, but I did just play for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Every day when I got home, it was right to Armored Core 6 until I finished it three times. And then I was like, wait a second, nothing besides some expansions are dropping in September. What am I going to play? So I was like, what genre haven't I been playing in a long time? And then yesterday when you were telling me about <laughs> Need for Speed Carbon and, and ATV, I'm like, racing, that's a game I, genre I haven't played in ages. So I was like thinking about getting Nickelodeon Kart Racers, but I'm like, no, no, you know what? I'm going to get a Need for Speed game. It's on sale. No, if if that ever comes to that decision, I will just give you my PS3 and you can just play some Ridge Racer 5. I'll just give you my... And just play some Ridge Racer. Instead of Nickelodeon... Like, if it ever comes to Nickelodeon Kart Racer? Yeah, if you're like, I might buy it, mate. Like, I'd be like, mate, I'm going to come over, drop on my PS3, just play some Ridge Racer. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I like Ridge Racer 5 especially, like 4 and 5, my god, uh, we're looking at some contenders here, um, but yeah, like Need for Speed uh, Unbound was on sale, like the special edition was on sale for like 24 bucks, so I'm like, okay, that sounds a lot better than $80, let me finally play this and see what it's all about, so I'll probably have some thoughts on that next week, but yeah, so I think both of us are going to be in a, a r- racing kind of mood here, um, wait, yeah. So those are my two questions about Carbon. (laughs) Carbon. Uh, Besides racing, the only thing I have really planned on is Metagar Solid is coming out. Oh, that's next month. That's next month. I'm definitely going to pick up that Metagar Solid digital. Or I'm trying to get it physical first. If I can't find it physical, I'll just get it digital. No, I got a lot of stuff coming out. Um, Next week, we'll probably talk a little Scarlet and Violet DLC because Lord knows, like, how many trailers has it been now? Like, five or six? It's wild. Um, so, like, the first part of that's finally coming out. Um, there's a few news stories we're going to get to in just a minute after we bring back the classic new season of Pokemon Drip X and Y. Today... We are starting the Kalos Gym Leaders. Um, The first Gym Leader is a Bug-type Gym Leader, um, the photographer uh, Viola. Um, And she's got like a a white shirt, well, like a white tank top and some green shorts and, you know, like the the Doc Martens over Mm -hmm. here. I wasn't going to say that, but... Yeah, and she's got her little camera in her camera bag. Kind of like 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 a dark green, white, and like black theme going on here um i like the colors a lot but the outfit i don't know it doesn't scream drip to me i disagree with you because i like everything about this i like i really like the dark foresty color green i like that yeah color. it's a good color i like i'm digging the boots i'm digging the cargo shorts uh they're more of like shorts slash pants i don't think they're really shorts. Yeah. they don't they don't they go past the knees i think for me shorts are anything knees above where pants are anything knees below it's just a very not high... enough pockets <laughs> too many like, pockets no not enough because pockets. you already know how i feel about pockets <laughs> yeah <My> i whole... <laughs> uh i like the tank top i like the it's a simple like very sleek design tank top to go with like some sort of baggy pants like the pants really pop out the pants a lot the pockets, I said pants. The pockets really pop them out, so it really looks like a baggy pair of pants with like she's probably carrying all her film in there or tank top. I like the multi camera. She has two cameras. She has a very nice HD camera and like a disposable camera. Unless that's a bag, it looks like a camera to me. But I really also like the hair. I don't know. What I, it I is. was gonna I say like the hair the is hair. my favorite part. I really like this outfit. This for might some be... reason it strikes me as very bug type. 
Like, I like it doesn't it. have the color, but like it strikes me as like, yes, I can tell that Viola is a bug type trainer just by her hair. And I think like thematically that works. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll personally like not not too high, not too low for me. I'll say maybe a 3.5 Badoofs out I'm of 5. I'm giving this a, a 4.5. It might be a 5 out of 5. I'm not giving it a 5 out of 5. I might sit on it to see if I would give it that extra 5 points. But... I actually do really dig this outfit and design overall, so I would give it a 4.5. So I guess a pretty strong start to Kalos. Um, I don't think we're going to quite reach the highs of the black and white with this, just thinking about which gym leaders are here. Um, but I can I never really know what to expect because you might be seeing some of these characters for the first time, so I don't know what your perception versus my perception mm-hmm. will be, which is why I love Pokemon Drip so much. Now... We got a few minutes left, and I got something that's going to sound like a setup, and it kind of is for Mm -hmm. a news story. But, Robert, when you think of a game, Mm -hmm. and you think of the important parts of a game, you think of like, oh yes, is this game fun or whatever, mechanically, let's, let's throw that out the window. What is technically the most important part of a game to you? It's got to be the frame rate, right? Okay, frame rate, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. No, it's it's like, it's yes and no. I understand why older games are not 60 frames. Well, that doesn't sure. bother me. I just sure, think it's but very... modern day. I think it is very annoying to have games that don't look much different from their PS4, PS3 counterparts. Because Mario Kart Solid 4 was made when the PS3 dropped, and look how great that game looks. And still have games that look like that on modern hardware that are showing that games like Call of Duty are able to run 120 frames, and they have a lot of things to, to output. Uh, games like GTA and Ghost, where they're, they're running at 60 frames and can go higher. Destiny 2 can run Crucibles at 120 frames. Borderlands 3, 120. Yeah, Devil it's May like... Cry 5, 120. <laughs> we're seeing that games don't look much different. They pretty much will... We're, we're at the point now where it's not how much better these graphics can look, it's how clear can we make the uh, graphics look from from 720 to a 4K output of a scale? So that's what I mean. Like graphically, they don't look much different. So 60 frames should not be any question if it can or can't do it. It should be able to do it. Yeah. So like I said, this was a lead-in. There's a little game from a, a, a small indie developer called Electronic Arts from a, a lesser-known movie franchise called Star Wars. Um, seems like it you know, might be a big deal in the future. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, they released a game in April called Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel to a, a PS4 game called Jedi Fallen Order, and we talked about it on episode 126 of this podcast. Now, as somebody who played that game at launch, the, the, the frame rate was just atrocious on performance mode. Um, not even quality mode, like performance mode. I would barely ever get 30 frames everything was slowed to a crawl everything was very Mm -hmm. blurry to me and it was just you know that really dampened my enjoyment of the game because i knew that like the intended way of playing that game on performance mode was 60 frames per second so here we are in september and ea has finally released a patch for jedi survivor that claimed to bring it up to a smooth 60 frames Mm -hmm. now i re-downloaded jedi survivor to try this out and let me tell you, they weren't kidding. It's like an almost flawless 60 frames now. Mm-hmm. The problem is, 
I've played this game and this is a tough game to replay, which makes me feel like I missed out on the like actual great experience of playing this game because I played it at launch. So this is part criticism, part news story, because like, man, if you play Jedi Survivor now, it's going to be absolutely like jaw dropping, glorious levels of just amazingness. Mm. But I played this at launch and it's really making the case of like it this this is really putting the wait for you know half a year or a year later mm-hmm. to get something into perspective for me i i would rather have them delay a game in order for them to be like we need a solid yes. 60 frames mode regardless of how well a game's story is if the frames are very choppy and it's not sitting a consistent 60 because it just kind of looks like a slow because because here's the thing I, I i can explain why it's not like yes there are games that were great when 30 frames was the standard where it was like that's just how it is sure. televisions weren't as advanced we had crts and very very early on hd televisions that didn't have oled and stuff like that where if you look at it now you can get a very large 70 inch 75 inch tv 4k that has such vibrant colors and and has such high rate of frames where anything that actually looks lower than the standard 60 just looks very ugly and muddy and 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 very just staticky and looks like a a, a like a, a PowerPoint instead of a, a framed game, and that's the problem. Where the hardware that we're playing on is meant to show games are running at sixty frames. I mean, that's probably the best way I'd be able to put it. It's just, you know, this was a seventy dollar game mm-hmm. with a performance mode, mm-hmm. and it was said targeted sixty frames, and they couldn't get that sixty frames down until September five, almost five months after it came out. It, it makes me feel like my experience playing this game could have been better because you we know I love the story of this game. I cannot praise the story enough, but it is the gameplay and the 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 replaying of this game is so taxing when you have mm-hmm. to redo all of the puzzles. Like we discussed this um, a while back, and it's just like the Jedi series, while the storytelling is good, is just a hard game to push mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it, it's more or less that we have very clear TVs and televisions and monitors where yeah. if anything is not running 60 frames and the colors aren't all there, it just looks like it hurts your eyes it's to blurry. look at it. Yeah, it just it hurts to look at it. And it's not like it'll physically ruin your eyes, but more or less, it's just not pleasing to the eyes. And yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, I like to look at like things that are pleasing to my eyes, to music, to I like to hear pl- things that I think that are pleasing to my ears. Yeah, watch things that I think are very pleasing to me. And when something that you know you will like, if it just had a little bit more frames or more brighter colors, like GTA Four is a game I really want to go back and play, but I can't on PS3 hardware because of not only the frame rate, because it won't stay a standard 30 frames; it dips a lot it has maybe some really just dumb motion blur but the colors are just so dull and brown and gray compared to real life where it's an artifact of that generation yeah it's like to have these really sunny and like dull colors yeah it's like look look i don't mind dull colors but it's like the best way i can put it it's like the it's weird but the the best way i can put it is is just like 
you want some gray skies here and there, but a couple of times you want to see some bright and sunny days and, you know, yeah. You don't want every game to look blue, like Resistance, yeah. Fall of Man, or Kill yeah. Zone 2 consistently. Or, or first Gears of War. It's just like sure. I would like to see some orange sunny sunrise and sunsets and very blue skies and cloudy skies. Like, I like different type of weathers that, that, that change up the mood of the game where it's just like... That, that reminds me, um, when I did Fallout 4, I put on a mod that made there be like green grass and blue skies in Fallout 4 because it's such an oppressive game sometimes. Um, but I was gonna say that the like the real life application of this was like trying Fallout seventy six and then redownloading and playing Fallout four. Like Fallout seventy six runs at sixty, Fallout four is the same type of like systems and game, and it runs at thirty, and it's such a huge difference to where Fallout four looks multiple generations behind Fallout seventy six yeah. running at sixty. You know, you know what? The best game I can give an example of this in recent memory. Look at Ghost. Oh, Very yeah. south of the islands are gray, burnt, ashy, like ashes to the ground areas. But then when you go kind of the middle areas, are very vibrant yellows and, and reds and greens and stuff like that of the forest and, and stuff like that. But then you go up north, you get very white snow and it's just very pure white snow. It's just like you can tell when the smallest amount of dirt is on a snowflake or when, the you know, a character is, is you know, having their... Uh, just like the redness of just er- everything on the on the white. So it's like, I like where yeah. it's just having multiple layers of different type of weather yes. and looks because it'll fit the mood that is trying to be. And, I, and I it's say, like you look at something like Prototype too. Have you like have you heard of Prototype? Yes, I've heard of Prototype. So Prototype Two has sectioned out areas of the city, just like Ghost of Tsushima separates its islands. But it, it, none of them seem to have their own characteristic. It just always seems like these buildings are kind of a yellowish tan color, mm-hmm. and the, there are some clouds in the sky, and and like it's just perpetually like this grimy, you know, seventh generation feel mm-hmm. to it the whole way through in Prototype. Like same with the first Infamous, honestly. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's why frames is just a very important part of it because I just like it's just going back to what the original point is. It's just that we have very high definition televisions where if it doesn't really, it's like if you're not maximizing that TV, it just makes the TV like, well, why do I have a big TV like this that can output so many bright colors and frames? Yeah, when the thing I'm trying to play is not up. optimizing that like use of it it's like why is it even here just just to point out indie games and even pixel art games are good examples of like maximizing what a tv can do Mm -hmm. because that that shows us that there can be very beautiful games like sea of stars without being big budget triple a games yeah games that are taking advantage of you know visually sonically like with music and everything but like the vibrant colors in that game i wouldn't want to play that on anything but a really high resolution monitor because Mm -hmm. you know even though it's a pixel art game it's doing more beautiful things than you know the triple a games of ps3 and xbox 360 era ever could honestly when we started this episode i didn't think we have enough things to talk about and i think we've gone pretty far the funny thing is the funny thing is we have not hit <laughs> anything on the topic list because we went so hard in this one. 
I always surprise myself how much we can hit on one topic and make it stretch for thirty minutes. That's funny. I know we. we I, I was expecting to be talking about Saints Row and you know ragging on that for <laughs> twenty minutes, um, but that I guess I'll have to save that one for next week. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, Robert, would you say we've done one? I think we went over our time, but would you say we've done? One? Yeah, that should somewhat wrap up what we had planned, but that should wrap up this episode. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's see next week i'll probably do the um armored core 6 wrap up that shouldn't take too long and talk about saints row maybe i'll have some thoughts on unbound and Mm -hmm. you know whatever else is coming um reminder that our halloween episode will it won't be dropping in the last as the last episode of october because we've Mm -hmm. got something else planned for like a week or two later um but it will be dropping at some point in october like early to mid october so look forward to tales from the map 3 coming then um so we want to thank you guys so much for listening please listen uh follow us on t- i almost said twitter sad <laughs> <laughs> follow us on x at markers on the map and please listen to us on apple Podcasts, where you can leave a five-star rating and review subscribe and download an episode um we're also on google podcast and spotify if those are your platforms of choice and we do like to end each episode with a world famous video game quote and let me tell you You know, Ellie, we really are the Lego Indiana Jones 2. The adventure continues. I remember that quote. It's one of my favorites from (laughs) that one game. (laughs) And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Later. Later.